0: to the sports on point podcast i am your host matthew smith joined on the line as always by the phenom mr bob williams
1: you know why you're laughing because i'm chilling in my underoos and you're kind of jealous
0: <laughs> do they
1: make do they make underoos in your size i'm just calling my boxer briefs underoos so oh, okay
0: well i wasn't really sure if that was an insult to you or an insult to the manufacturer underoos but of course, we've got the guy over here pressing the buttons. Mr. Pod Severns.
2: I won an iPad 2.
0: You have an iPad 2. You have two iPad 2s. I
2: won one. Oh, you won one? I bought one and I won one. I won <sighs> one on iPad 2. <laughs> hey, how come it sounded like you had balls when we started this show? Uh... Ladies and gentlemen, it's Matthew Smith, joined on the line <laughs> as always by Phenom Bob Williams. It's because I was channeling Guy Smiley. Guy Smiley? That's right, boy. Nice. You ready to talk about some Sportage? Let's talk about some Sportage. I'm not all about
1: the Kia Sportage. No. I'm done. I'm out.
2: How about the Optima or the, or the Rio?
1: No. About diamond about Rio? Sun Cube. Well, you said Diamond. If I'm getting a Diamond, I'll talk about whatever.
2: And now, under this week in sports. This is a section where we cover the top shared stories on the internet from every day of the past week, and our hosts give a short comment on each day. The Sports on Point Weekly Rewind: A Week in Review with Matt Smith and Bob Williams. Let's back it up. On Thursday, Rubio clears last hurdle to join Wolves. Bob,
1: wait, 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 wait! It actually happened. I'm, I'm, I'm shocked. Wait, this is something uh, Minnesota has been waiting for for two years. Uh, kind of cool rumor that we have going on, which will make Rubio's entrance into the NBA a little bit uh, better if it is true that the Minnesota Wolves are, in fact, looking to uh, fire Kurt Rambis. I think if he would have been in here with a triangle, it would have been uh-oh for Rubio.
0: Yeah, no, this has definitely been a long time coming, and I think that uh, I think that a little bit of a $6 million buyout might have had a lot to do with why it took so long to happen. But uh, Rubio's coming to Minnesota. David Kahn might have not ruined his team and screwed up everything for once in his life, so um, I guess go
2: Timberwolves. Go Timberwolves. Timberwolves.
0: Timberwolves.
2: Timberwolves. Go Timberwolves. Please. On Friday, Canucks TV. The healing begins June 17th, 11. Video. NHL Video Center, <laughs> Vancouver Canucks.
0: <laughs> the longest, most crappy headline ever. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> This, this this link is actually referring to a, a video with you know, touching, heartwarming video of people in Vancouver telling us that the riots that happened there are not indicative of what Vancouver is all about. But I seem to recall a couple months before the Olympics went to Vancouver, there were riots in Vancouver. And I also seem to remember in 1994, the Canucks made it to the Stanley Cup Finals and they lost. And there were riots in Vancouver. Yes. So, I'm sensing the theme here. <laughs> so I, I don't know, like, I, I'm, I'm starting to kind of doubt that it isn't indicative of Vancouver when, I don't know, it just seems like they riot in Vancouver like it's their job.
2: It's like the dude that slaps his wife and then, like, brings her roses and she's like, it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Um, yeah.
1: <laughs> what else are you going to do? You know, you, you burnt some stuff lying around, uh, you know, the roads, you probably broke some windows, they were drunk. You know, we've all probably had those moments where we did stupid stuff while we're drunk. At least they're, I guess, making amends for it until the next time they do it and, hey, we'll be there again with Canucks TV, part two. And by the way, we can safely say this because
0: nobody in Vancouver actually listens to our podcast. Isn't it part (laughs) Two?
2: Yes, go ahead.
0: <laughs> we can we can safely no. say whatever we want to about Vancouver because none of them listen, anyways. I think we're actually
1: banned in Canada. It, it can't be. Just so you know, it can't be part due because no. Charlie Sheen didn't write off or write off on the licensing.
2: No winning there. Nope. No tiger blood. Well, there is no winning there. There's only riots. That's right. On Saturday, 2011 U.S. Open, Rory McIlroy leads after three rounds, sets 54 whole record at U.S. Open. We're gonna. Maybe talk about this a little bit later So I just stole your thunder Screw Saturday On to Sunday Florida Marlins expected to hire 80 year old Jack McKeon as new manager Screw the league Screw golf We're going to talk about it later
1: Why? You know There's only so much golf Me and Matt and Bob can talk about Right?
2: That's right I just get the image of guys in golf pants And Hey Payne Stewart
1: was my hero I loved him Aww. him and uh what's the the Swedish guy who plays now Jesper Parnovic love him <laughs> sounds like you're going to be leading the conversation on
0: the golf Bob I, I hate to break it to you but when you break <laughs> out so the Jesper Parnovic I, guy I, I he can't breaks out that.
2: Jesper <laughs> <laughs> hey Stewart, baby oh boy <laughs> and he's a he's a Swedish treasure don't you know this <laughs> <laughs> He's the the pride of those Norse. (laughs)
0: He's the the Swedish treasure. That's got to be an episode (laughs) title.
2: Uh, Well, I think we're back to you, Bob, on the Florida Marlins. They're going to hire some old dude. I guess when you're a coach mired
1: in a one-for-18 slump and you resign, where else do you turn to but an over-the-hill former guy who's on the staff? Uh, Thankfully for Jack McKeon, or unthankfully, Uh, There's been jokes about uh, wardrobe and how it sort of needs to change in in, uh, major leagues because some of these guys shouldn't be wearing uniforms. They should be wearing sweatsuits or things of that nature. So good luck.
2: (laughs) I was just thinking that maybe they should hire Michael McKeon. He was Lenny from from, uh, Laverne and Shirley. Shirley.
0: Yes. No, I don't think they should do that. Um, I'm going to be honest. Yeah, this is, uh, this is, I think, more of a sentimental move than anything else. They're in a bind, obviously. Um, most of the good managers around the league have jobs um, at this point in the season, so uh, they had to get somebody in, and why not bring back the guy who won a World Series for him back in 2003? So, uh, hire Jack McKean, I'm okay with it. If he makes it through the season alive, then it was worth it.
2: On Monday, St. Louis Cardinals' Albert Pujols out, four to six weeks with fractured arm. Matt
0: Yeah, this is a brutal sock to the gut for the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, Albert Pujols hasn't exactly had the best season, but then again, that's compared to Albert Pujols' standard. So um, It's really hard to say he's been bad, but it just hasn't been Albert Pujols. Regardless, if you're the St. Louis Cardinals, that's the anchor of your lineup. That's the heart and soul of your fan base. And uh, it really hurts to see him outside the lineup for four to six weeks. it would be interesting to see if this Cardinals team can play well enough during this time period to stay in the number one spot, or at least you know stay in the hunt for that number one spot.
1: Uh, it's CNL Central, so they'll probably be in the hunt unless they complete collapse, which without Pujols they might. Uh, I think the bigger question here is not just this year, but how Pujols actually recovers from this injury. He's not young anymore. Uh, this could have some adverse effect on his hitting, and he's coming into a contract year where you are looking at at some major money, and maybe some teams shy away from that after this injury. So, not only this this season, I think it'll be interesting this offseason to see if this injury changes anything with any of the major players.
2: On Tuesday, lockout news sources reveal details of propo- proposed. NFL collective bargaining agreement. Bob? So it seems like
1: the NFL uh, owners have uh, realized that they uh, can't completely screw over the players, but uh, we'll still screw you over by lowering uh, 10% of the pay. Uh, <laughs> the, the, you know, at least they're reaching some sort of middle ground. Uh, hopefully, you know, it. 50%. If it goes 50-50, can you really blame either side? That's that's the easiest way to do it. Uh, based on the, the proposal that the owners threw out, uh, wouldn't go any lower than 46.5 for the players. But I still think that's that's kind of a hit, uh, especially down from the uh, 60, 60%. So maybe maybe 50 to 55 might might be easier for the uh, Players Association to settle and uh, us see some football this this fall.
0: Now, an important thing to remember is the old collective bargaining agreement allowed for $1 billion to be taken off the top for operating expenses of the NFL before that 60-40 split even happened. And when you count that in, it actually ended up being a little bit closer to a 53-47 to split. Uh, so really, the players in this particular case because that one million dollar off the top or one billion dollars off the top goes away with this new collective bargaining agreement so it actually isn't that far off from what we had in the past years so um, I I, kind of give them a lot of credit for for doing a lot to meet in the middle in this case and, and you know hey it looks like when you sit down and talk about stuff it gets to be a little bit more productive rather than sending stupid letters back and forth
2: And rounding the week off on Wednesday, did Mark Cuban's attorney just file the greatest legal scoreboard ever in Ross Perot Jr. case? Matt?
0: Yes, for those of you who are not aware, Ross Perot Jr. is a minority owner of the Dallas Mavericks. And prior to the beginning of this season, he filed a lawsuit.
2: Let me clarify this.
0: Yes, let's let's clarify this. Uh, he filed a lawsuit against uh, against the Dallas Mavericks organization to remove Mark Cuban as the controlling ownership because he felt like he was running the team into the ground. So, as a rebuttal, Mark Cuban filed a legal document into this case that included a picture of his team hoisting an NBA championship trophy. I think um, I think we're going to see it thrown out of court. What do you
1: think? Booyah! That's all I gotta say. I wanted to say that uh, Mark Cuban. I love Mark Cuban. Um, I, I hope him and uh, Dan Gilbert get along this this summer because, hey, they're friends, and, and kind of change uh, how the NBA works. This is like Usher bringing something up against Dan Gilbert after the them getting I don't know this is just weird, like why you're a five percent owner do you n- really need to be complaining if if you're if you're that concerned about it, just sell your 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 percentage and and get out
2: Jesus Christ, mark Cuban <laughs> all right, and now on to our to the point section where we talk the nuba draft the
0: that, nuba yeah, nuba, that's yeah, how you pronounce be in there
2: oh, I did put a... Or a couple O's. So, fellers, are you gonna give us your lowdown this here go round, and we can get it all, you know, put in stone, and then you can go back and just see how far off we were. Hey, we did all right last year, did we?
0: Yeah, so, uh, I didn't do anything. Well, you were, you were, you were just a twinkle in the sports on point eye at the moment. Uh, but uh, no, last year, uh, last year we hit seven out of ten and six out of ten respectively, which. You know, across the major media markets, most of the guys predicting the draft uh, were hitting around four and five. So uh, I was, I was rather proud of myself last year. Not bad. This year, I plan on blowing that average completely out of the water by getting only the number one pick right and bombing on everything else.
1: That sounds about right, especially with the draft being the way it is. Um, Other than the number one pick in the past week, everyone from two. To ten, which we're going to tell you today, right? It's ten. We're not going up to fourteen.
0: Or, yeah, we're just going up to ten. Okay, uh, which means we won't linked. include the we won't include uh, Jimmer Fredette going to Utah at twelve. That won't be in our discussion. We won't talk about that at all.
1: Oh yeah, well we might talk about some Jimmer, uh, but it, it's it's crazy to think that two through nine, these people could shift so much that they're either going to be trading up, trading back. Different players are going to be moving around with the uncertainty of the CBA. You're going to see a lot of different crazy stuff. So honestly, I don't, I don't blame you for for only hoping that you get the number one pick. And who knows, we might get that wrong too.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm more concerned with getting some of the names pronounced correctly. So uh, uh, why don't we go ahead and get started? Obviously, you know, Northeastern Ohio was the big winners were the big winners on lottery night with the Cavs securing the number one and number four picks um, I know there's been a lot of speculation in my conversation circles about who they will take versus who they should take um, I think in my mind um, I think in my mind Kyrie Irving's a no-brainer and there's been some there's been some talk about some people I've even heard some people suggest that they should take Kemba Walker with the number one pick because <laughs> I know I'm 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 with you on that, but apparently he he put it, apparently he won a championship. I don't know if you knew that or not, but apparently he won a championship. And since who did N- they beat? Uh, and, and, well, and since NCAA championship players tend to do so very very well in the NBA, that has all the meaning in the world. Sure. Yeah.
2: I don't. I sense sarcasm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well. How many, Bob, how many NCAA champions do you know of that play in the NBA right now that you would consider a
1: star or franchise player? Uh, There's probably a handful, maybe. One. Uh, <laughs> there's one. There's, there's one? There's one. There's one. One. Um, Carmelo. Yep.
0: Can't name yeah. another one, can you? No. Okay, so, here's my case. Uh, <laughs> Omeka Okafor? You would say that he is a star in the league? No, I'm kidding. I, I, I'd, I'd say that's a stretch. Ben Gordon would be closer, I would think. But or Flash been, Gordon. That would have been if he hadn't <laughs> gone to I, Detroit. I will, I
1: will trump your Okafor because didn't New Orleans make the uh, playoffs? Playoffs.
2: Playoffs. Playoffs.
0: Yes, New Orleans made the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> the wheels are falling off here at the Sports on Point headquarters.
2: You're listening to Sports on Point.
0: Okay, so let's, uh, let's go down the list. Um, Kyrie Irving going number one overall to Cleveland. Um, there were some rumors over the past couple of days that they were keeping their option open that they would possibly take Derrick Williams number one. Uh, Enos Kanter somehow got some wild hair and is whatever about the fact that he could possibly go number one. Brandon Knight, the same story. I Yeah, I think that's delusion at its best. Um, I don't think there was ever a question Kyrie Irving or Derrick Williams uh, and and in this case I'd have to say Kyrie Irving's
1: your number one pick Yeah definitely uh, I would agree there I, I'm also going to Kyrie Irving and I think the biggest reason why is not saying that Derrick Williams won't be a, a solid NBA player he really does have that opportunity he might be slightly undersized but in the NBA if you can score you usually have a place but with irving he's a solid all-around point guard uh and cleveland has byron scott byron scott's teams usually succeed around having a successful younger point guard jason kidd chris paul for example so i I think it's a no-brainer in that sense that you have a coach that does really well with point guards that you draft the best point guard
0: yeah and you know i think that um I think that Derrick Williams has a lot of potential. But I will say this, the, the one player in the NBA that I feel like he parallels more to, and, and let's face it, that's, that's what we all like to do is parallel players to who already is, who's already broken into the NBA and, and you know, can make comparisons that way. But uh, when I look at Derrick Williams, the closest comparison I could see um, when you compare to the college play is to David West. Um, coming out of Xavier, uh, you know, playing for the Hornets now. And I think if you draft a David West in the draft, you're not disappointed because he's been a solid pro for several years. I don't know that you would be all that psyched about picking him with a number two overall pick, but I don't really see anybody better either. Uh, don't get me wrong, I like Derek Williams, and I think he will be a very solid... Role player and starter for whatever team takes him, and uh, I don't have any doubts about that. Uh, but I don't think that he's a superstar in the league. What do you think?
1: I I, I think it's tough to say any superstars in the, are in this draft. Uh, even Agreed. even with with Irving, he might be a potential all star candidate here and there. Uh, but Williams' biggest thing is who who or what position is he going to guard? Uh, I I think if you kind of look at the the power forward sure you're seeing a transition to more of a uh face face up game instead of a back to the basket but there's still certain guys that I'm just gonna say Dirk Nowitzki you know to start out with there's no way that I could see Derek Williams guarding him just because he's that versatile sure he's probably one of the top five players in the NBA right now, but, you know, it's that point, and he doesn't have the athleticism to guard your small forwards like a LeBron James, a Carmelo Anthony, uh, players of that nature. So I think his defense is definitely going to be the biggest question, not saying that he won't be able to develop that or, or at least be solid with that, but it if you look at it realistically, the top four We'll go three teams, just because the Cavs have the fourth pick, are kind of set up top. You know, with the Wolves, you do have Beasley, Love, uh, there in the and I think West Johnson in the small forward, power forward position. Uh, with the Jazz, you do have Paul Millsap, Al Jefferson, and Andre Kirilenko. So it, it, it's it's tough to to see how he fits there, but because he's the number two player on the board he's probably going to get slotted into that second place. And that's where I have him, even though the Wolves really don't, I guess, need him.
0: Yeah, and I think that uh, for that specific reason, we're going to continue to hear the rumors coming out of Minnesota that uh, that that pick may get moved. Um, A lot of teams supposedly interested in moving up into that spot. And, uh, you know, we'll have to see how it plays out. But uh, Derek Williams, definitely the second guy on my board, uh, let's move down to the number three spot, where we've got the uh, Utah Jazz, who a little bit of a team in flux right now. They just lost their head coach of you know eighty-five years. Um, they, they they just lost. Jerry Sloan. They've lost their superstar point guard, although they replaced him with a suitable replacement in Devin Harris. But Devin Harris has only got two years on a contract, and from what I understand, there's not a whole lot of buzz around the fact that he will be returning to Utah. Um, that's one of the main reasons why I think that uh, I think that Brandon Knight is a big, big possibility to land out uh, land in Utah.
1: Oh yeah, I, I definitely agree here. Sure, uh, we'll we won't talk about it. You sort of talked about it in the uh, weekend rewind about Jimmer for debt kind of going there but jimmer is definitely not a player that that knight is and and you see these uh not only just the jazz but the raptors who who kind of like a a a knight uh you know even cleveland had him in twice he's a shoot first guy he's he's you know definitely a a taller guard uh might have to work on his handles a little bit but if you need a guy to kind of throw in in the point guard situation, I it, I would have to say at this point it would be Brandon Knight. Uh, outside chance you could possibly take Enos Cantor just because Mehmet Okur's almost done. Uh, yeah, you have Jefferson and Millsap, but I, I think there's an outside shot. But I definitely have Knight there because you lost your star point guard. You might as well try to infuse him with another star point guard. Absolutely. course we're back now to the uh
0: to the Cleveland Cavaliers the number four pick and uh I'm going Enos Cantor out of Turkey um a little bit of a question mark and it's unfortunate especially if you're a Cleveland fan because you're talking about a Kyrie Irving player who played 11 games in college and now you're talking about an Enos Cantor player who played zero games in college so um it might be a little bit nerve check time but I think ultimately those are the two best players available at those two draft positions so uh, I'm going Cantor
1: yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm, I'm going to agree there, but I'm also going to change the flow. I think I think they are going to to draft Cantor, but I think there's a lot of uh, interest in, in certain teams. I, Washington, uh, for example, I know they would love to, to trade up. I think if if Cantor's there, we will draft him. I don't know if we'll keep him. I would realistically, or I I kind of hope for the fact that. Uh, We draft Cantor, trade him to Washington for the 6th and 18th pick, and that 6th pick is actually uh, Jonas Valanciunas, who has a little bit more of, I I guess, a ceiling than than Cantor. But, you know, that's all hearsay, speculation. Until that happens, who knows? So Uh, I I say Cantor, but I think there's going to be a trade. I, I, I like that. I like that call. I I would love to see them
0: see them move down. The only problem, um, the only problem with picking Jonas out of Lithuania Lithuania is the fact that uh, he's got a lot of uh, issues with his current European contract. And there's some speculation that he will not play the next year. And I'm not sure that Cleveland is a team that is willing to wait a year on a player, especially at this point in time. But
1: about that
0: I I, I think a lot of that depends well I think a lot of that depends on how they feel about the
1: NBA lockout uh, potential not
0: uh, even just
1: the lockout but when you think about it this draft uh, even if they do keep Cantor if you go with Irving Cantor or Irving Valanchunas you have a point guard and you have your big of the future say Cleveland in, in our case say there is a season say Jonas is over in Europe we still get a lottery pick, say top seven lottery pick. Two positions that are huge next year are your, your shooting guard and your small forwards, which gets you into uh, you know, another you know, position where you could get a Harrison Barnes, a uh, Michael Gilchrist, a Perry Jones III. So I, I think in, in the long term, you don't want to look at Jonas Valanciunas being over in Europe as a bad thing. And this is coming from Dan Gilbert, who said there are no shortcuts. Fair enough. So Fair enough.
0: But the nice thing, I think, about the drop-down to getting the 18th pick is that if they drop that low in the draft, there's always a chance that they could have a Tristan Thompson or um, Tobias Harris or you know, just a couple of num- a couple of players that that appear to have some high potential and are on and off different teams' draft boards with enough consistency and, or I should say, inconsistency that they could fall to a pick as low as 18, and uh, Cleveland could really luck out with uh, with that pick if they do if they did make that move. So the number five pick. Toronto. I got Jan uh, Vasselli. I think it's a good fit. I think that when you've looked at the big name players that are around, Cantor at this point is probably gone. Uh, Valanchunas at this point. I don't know if you can make the move to get him because he's definitely got those question marks about his contract buyout. And you know, uh, you, maybe you're right about Cleveland, but maybe Toronto isn't as feeling as good about that. So um, I, I think uh, Vasselli is a good option for Toronto at the number five spot.
1: Yeah, this is just kind of a weird, weird spot for the Raptors. Unfortunately, they miss out of the Big Four. Um, you know, they've been to Linkton tonight, and they'd probably like Cantor just because he's a little bit more physical to put next to Bargnani. For me, uh, I think the biggest person on that team is Demar Derozan, and, and I think in order to utilize his strengths as a, as a six foot seven uh, player is to move him to, to shooting guard to possibly offset stuff, and this is why I have them uh, drafting uh, Koi Leonard. Koi? 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 Leonard, Yeah, out, out of San Diego State, because it, it does bump him into the shooting guard. Leonard's a taller guy. He has some length. He's kind of been compared to a, a Gerald Wallace. Uh, his only downfall currently is that fact that he can't shoot, supposedly. Uh, but they definitely have enough people on there with uh, Ed Davis, Bargnani, DeRozan, and even uh, Calderon and Bayless that that'll, that can shoot. So maybe this will solidify some of the uh, defensive problems they've had up in Toronto.
0: Okay, number
1: seven pick, the
0: Sacramento Kings. Um
1: yeah, I,
0: I'm going with the ongoing trend that Sacramento seems to have about drafting. Actually, um, hold on. Questionable skipped players. Washington. Oh, we skipped Washington. Well, we just yeah, talked about we, we talked about that pick so
1: much already that I just assumed we already talked. What did you have? I, I have Jonas, but I have Valanchunas, a- Yeah. Okay. All right. Absolutely. So I guess we will skip to Sacramento.
0: Yep. So uh, Sacramento, Kemba Walker, point guard, Connecticut. No.
1: Go with it. Uh, Kemba Walker I, I think realistically unfortunately is going to be a Monta Ellis type player uh, a, a shooting guard in a point guard body not saying that's a bad thing but that's not really someone you want next to Tyreek Evans I guess I, I don't know uh, not that saying I'm even, even a better pick because I have Jimmy Fredette here uh, Sacramento's kind of been linked to him uh, he, he's a guy in the area who would bring a lot of buzz to the, the Maloofs. Uh, and, and who knows? This could sort of pave a way to. I, I know they won't move to Vegas, but there's been talks about it, so it could definitely, you know, get get some more fan interest. And why not? There, you you have Tyreek Evans. Uh, you do have a Demarcus Cousins. Why not take a take a point guard bump? Uh, Evans to, to the two guard he should be, and kind of roll with it. I, I think the only other person that they could possibly pick is Vasily, but I, I think he's more of a power forward than a small forward.
0: You know, I, um, I, I understand what you're getting at, and I, I too, have seen the links to Jimmer Fredette at the number seven position. But I'm not sure that Jimmer Fredette at the point guard in – in uh, Sacramento alleviates much of the problems that you're concerned about with Kemba Walker being that guy, the the shooting guard and the point guard's body. Because uh, I, you know, I, I know from the games that I've watched, the the games that I've watched, Jimmer Fredette, his ability to create off the dribble while working pretty well in the arenas that he was playing in. I don't know works in the NBA. And I think that he will be much more successful coming off the ball, and I think, again, you've got uh, what I would consider a shooting guard and a point guard body.
1: It may be, but as much as, you know, I'm I'm basing this more off the links and and, and whatnot, and maybe this is just the whole crazy smokescreen, because at this point in the draft that's all we hear is smokescreen, 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 especially since, who knows, Sacramento might like someone else who's not here. They have been talked about uh, Even again possibly going After Tony Parker with this pick With a a mixture of other players On their roster so I I, Again this is probably my biggest Question mark uh, other than The Detroit pick next Uh, And I I, I Guess if certain trades Happen Sacramento has The cap to bring on a a Tony Parker type player Um, So I I really can't get a good gauge of what what they're looking at or yeah. what they're looking for.
0: Agreed. And and just to make something clear, I don't like Kemba Walker to Sacramento. It's not a move that I like. It's not a yeah. move that I think is intelligent. But sometimes you get a feeling about a move and you kind of see it coming and and I think that's what I think that's what we're going to see in Sacramento. You know,
1: for the if they were an East Coast team, I would totally be Yeah, I would jump on the Kemba Walker train But the fact that they're a west coast team Jimmer Fredette has a following out in the west That's huge in Utah Why not bring some more fans To Sacramento As a PR move, it makes Sense Sure, sure, although the thought
0: of Jimmer Fredette, uh Playing basketball in Vegas Is somewhat humorous <laughs> You got it. You got to admit, but uh, uh, no, Kemba Walker. Just the last thing I'll say about him: to me, he's Dewan Wagner. I just, I just, mm,
1: I don't know. Maybe a little yeah, less. I'm going to go with. Uh, he's probably a little bit better than Wagner. He'll last a little bit longer. I
0: think. I think he's got a little bit more durability than Wagner, but in a lot of other ways, I just.
1: He's I, a good six man. I could see him being a. a a Ben Gordon type guy, you know, never really a good starter, but a, a, a solid guy who, if you need a spark off the bench to get you points in a hurry, he can be that guy. Alright, so number 8 pick, Detroit.
0: Uh, I got this kid from Congo, Bismack Boyambo. <laughs> I probably butchered that. I got this kid from
2: that. Congo, Bismack Boyambo.
1: <laughs> what, what what'd you say his first name was? Bismack? Bismarck, yeah. Bismarck. When I first saw it, I'm like, Bismarck? What? And I thought the, it said Bismarck. So um, but yeah, it would make sense because he's drawing a lot of comparisons to uh, Ben Wallace. Yeah.
0: Um, I, I, I think uh, I think they're a little bit unwarranted, but I've seen it. Uh,
1: and, and they do need some height in there. They need some toughness in, in the front court. Yeah. Uh, and that's why I sort of have them having uh, Jan Vassili or Vasselli, uh, there. Haven't you had him go in like five different
2: places already? No, he, no. <laughs> I, I said he could go to. I know. To, he, oh,
1: I hate you. He's well,
2: all Vasilini, He can slide in anywhere he wants. Oh, I hate you. <laughs> Thank you.
1: <laughs> but yeah, I have him there just because he, he brings this toughness, a more back to the basket type, uh, a ball ball player, unlike a Charlie Villanueva, Jonas Jaropko. Uh, so it seems that he could fit in Detroit. Uh, not saying that Biombo couldn't fit there either. I, I just think the fact that he has no offensive game is is tough, uh, especially since they do have Ben Wallace. How would you like that front court of Wallace and Biombo up on, on the uh, on the court at the same time? That'd Talk be, about uh, three on five.
0: That'd be interesting. But I I implore you not to discount. Biambo because he is the Congo treasure.
1: Hey, I'd rather have the uh, kid Congo and Skyenga. Happy birthday, by the way. Ah, still Still this day, we're throwing a shout out. Okay, so number nine
0: pick. Charlotte Bobcats, you're on the clock.
1: Well, if I'm the Bobcats and we've taken so many risks and potential type players... We need someone who is going to be a solid contributor from day one. And I think that fits Marcus Morris. Uh, They do have some height there in the center position, so they could use a guy who's a little uh, younger than a a Boris Diaw. Uh, so he's my pick out of Kansas. I, I think he's a solid guy. He can come in, be a, a rotation guy, and, and give them quality minutes, which this, this team honestly needs. You know, I, I actually couldn't agree with that pick more. I was, I was a little bit concerned because
0: Chad Ford has him ranked 18th, which has him going a lot lower than what I did. But since you agree with me, I feel okay. Yeah! But yeah, I think uh, I think Marcus Morris makes a lot of sense. Um, a big guy, you know, his back to the basket play is good, but he's got a solid shot and I think uh, I think he's a good fit for the Charlotte Bobcats. So we're uh, on to the 10th and final pick from our little uh, our little prediction line here. Milwaukee Bucks, who you got?
1: I have Bismack Biyombo. Uh Bismack Biyombo. <laughs> Uh, they have Drew Gooden. They have Larry Sanders there at, at a forward position. Uh, you do have Magetti, Sammons, uh, Sammons at the wing position. I, I think you could go with a point guard here. Maybe uh, maybe a Kemba Walker. He's sliding. So, but they already do have uh, Brandon Jennings. I have them going with Biombo just because who knows. Wynn Bogut's going to be healthy Uh, honestly they do need another center and this just seems to make sense at this point Uh, he's definitely a a lottery bound guy uh, just just based on his athleticism and potential uh, and this being a weak draft and I I think this slides in but again I will mention it one more time 2 through 10 easily could trade anywhere so this is going to be crazy who do you have?
0: Um I actually um y- y- you know I actually had them uh taking Leonard from uh San Diego State. Okay. I don't I don't have any faith in Corey Majetti and I get the feeling that uh the Bucks don't either. And that's uh that's the reason that I'm going with Leonard. I don't uh, I wish I wish I had a lot more of an insider's edge that I could tell you. That he's definitely going there because you know his mom and cousin both texted me at the same time and said that that's what's uh, what they're hearing. But I don't. I just got a feeling Leonard to Milwaukee. Hey, Kau- kahi kahi, is it kahi? I think so. Let's go with it.
2: Kahi okay. kahi, it's a new kind of fish. i recall call him cow high.
0: Okay, so you know we, we we talked about the NBA draft. Uh, a lot of players that could be. Um, unemployed for the next 12 months or so um, after they get drafted. Uh, Lockout would actually even potentially uh, limit their ability to sign a contract. So we could be looking at some players, if we do have an NBA lockout, that uh, might be looking for work elsewhere. Europe? Well, at least for Valanchunas... I'm sure that uh, I'm sure that Europe would be the option,
1: but I, I, I'm assuming there's other people in there, uh, like Dantes Monte Yunus. Uh You know, they do have uh, Bogan Bojanovic. I
0: believe Bi- Biombo is uh, under contract for Spain right now. Yeah, in Spain, yeah you so. do have
1: Biombo. Uh, you have uh, Bertrands, Marotic. There are a lot of foreign players, but. Honestly, if there isn't a lot, if there is a lockout, it would be interesting to see how many established players go over there for a season, and at least they have that option, uh, whether it be just Europe or, or South America or even you know China uh, for some of these guys. Whereas in in the football lockout, there really is no alternative.
0: There's Canada. You could go
1: play yeah. for the Rough Riders or the hey. Rough Riders. Just so you know, even Terrell Pryor doesn't see that as an option. So <laughs> I, I can't see established NFL players going that route. Uh, maybe the UFL. I <laughs>
2: <The laughs> maybe awful.
1: I don't know. So it, it, it's definitely tough, and, and it seems like uh, the, the 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 new term is now a flex cap uh Which some of the players have talked about how it's just a fancy term for hard cap okay um i I do uh remember seeing the article where it was like sixty five million was was the the key point or sixty two million uh of a cap, which is technically higher than what we have currently, so i i don't know I'm clueless at this point,
0: yeah, I think um yeah, this is going to sound really bizarre, but uh, the the owners of the NBA I I look at as a very very classic tragic character. Um, they're they're in a situation where uh, they have in w- they have what in my opinion is a very good financial setup in the NBA. They they've got the salary cap thing in in situations where. You know, they're they're handling things smartly, they're not not allowing players to be ridiculously overpaid until they've at least proved for six years that they should be ridiculously overpaid. But at the same time, they, they find themselves unable to stop their hand from signing ridiculous paychecks anyways. And it's 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 weird to me because I think that a lot of the rules in place have been in place specifically to prevent the players in the NBA from making ridiculous contracts that they are not worthy of, and the owners of the NBA have specifically ignored these rules, and they've signed players to ridiculous contracts anyways. So there's a part of me that just kind of feels bad for the owners because they're not smart enough to get out of their own way. And... Uh, it's 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 unfortunate, but at the same time when you look at the books and you look at everything that's going on, we're talking about 300 million dollars in losses in the last NBA season. 300 million dollars in losses. This isn't the NFL where they're just saying our margins aren't high enough. This is a team, these are organizations that are losing money and unfortunately they're looking to get it back from the players. I think
1: that this is going to be ugly. And if this off-season didn't happen, I, I could see it being a little less ugly. Um, but the fact that you sort of have the whole uh, analogy of the uh, inmates running the asylum uh, with all this super team creation and, and all this player movement where they're, I, I want to say, have, having a little bit too much power to dictate uh, where they're going while they're under contract, even with with that team, uh, It's kind of put the uh, owners themselves in a bind. That not only do they want to, you know, protect their money and and make sure that they're not losing buttloads of cash, but that they have a a marketable product. Well, you know, you know uh, it's it's it's
0: interesting that you say that because. This year, season-wide, the NBA was on fire. They had more interest, more general page views, more you know, shared stories than they have probably in the last let's see when did, uh, when did Jordan retire the second time, '98? So but here's the, the thing. Last 13 years.
1: OK, What do? Shite, shite, what do shite hits? Uh, what do sight hits actually mean? You know, there are are they getting more people in the the arenas? Are they getting more more mer, you know more merchandise sales? Uh, I'm going to use Miami as a specific example that they supposedly have this super team, and how many games didn't sell out? You know, yeah, when they went on the road, most of the places, you know, most of the teams wanted to see this team to see if they could get knocked knock, knocked off and everything. But if you have an arena with one of the top teams in the country in the entire nba not really you know showing up and being kind of lackadaisical to a point i i don't know how much those sight hits and all this buzz and flare well really attendance meant anything attendance league-wide was
0: up um I, miami was being miami um i i just there's there's no explaining that they're just they're miami whatever um but uh, they, actually, um, they actually achieved more road sellouts than any team since the 96 Bulls. So despite the fact that their own fan base is retarded for whatever reason, um, they, they, they did bring out the best in the other teams, their opponent team's fan bases. So I think there's something to be said for that. Um, I think that there's a lot of pressure on the NBA right now, especially coming off of the finals, which... Uh, 73% of America got the team they wanted to win the finals to win the finals. I mean, obviously, you know, not the team they picked at the beginning of the season, but when the finals started, 73% of America wanted the Dallas Mavericks to win. That isn't a number I'm making up. That's an ESPN stat. And that's what happened. The Mavericks won. People could not have been happier. And obviously in northeastern Ohio, there's the whole hate for LeBron. But even across the country, um, there's, a, there's a definitive dislike for the Miami Heat and what they've done in order to build this team and it's resulted in incredible amount of focus and an incredible amount of attention on the NBA as a whole, which is as much as I hate to say it good for the league it's, it's kind of like um, you know, when, you're, when, you, when you go back and you look at uh, professional wrestling in the late 90's early 2000's, WCW was terrible until Hulk Hogan became a bad guy, and sometimes it takes that guy becoming a bad guy to get your ratings up. And hey, as much as as much as I hate to admit it, geez, the NBA killed it this year. They really did.
1: They killed it, but they're still losing money. So, as much as we want to say that it's a it's a positive, um, it's this you know step in the right direction. The owners feel like it's not enough. And, and that's why we're in this whole argument of, of where the salary cap needs to be. If it needs to be a hard cap, uh, you know, whether it be some sort of rookie slotting that'll help uh, you know, revenues and, and overall... Well, here's the thing. The
0: top five highest-paid players in the entire NBA... Includes names like Joe Johnson, and Richard Lewis, and Gilbert Arenas. I mean, when you're talking about when you're talking about those types of contracts, I don't think that there's anybody that you can blame aside from the owners for that. There's 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 nothing that any team can do to make up for stupid leadership.
1: But here you go. Here, here's kind of a, a discrepancy or disparity disparity in the league is is the fact that. Um, in Washington would you not pay Gilbert Arenas you know even in Memphis with the Rudy Gay situation would you not pay your best player to stay you know if given the situation uh, name an organization that would not pay their best player to stay well you have to remember first of all that
0: uh, you have to remember that Gilbert Arenas was chronically injured when he signed that contract so I think it's easy to say that, yeah, I wouldn't have paid Gilbert Arenas that money. I think it's easy to but say... Sure. Face
1: of the franchise, you guys were a, a playoff-contending team. Unfortunately, they ran to the Cavs, you know, multiple years. But he played, like, 32 games in two consecutive seasons and then signed the contract. And that's fine. As, as a Wizards, you know, a fan, not that I am... Would you would you have let him go somewhere else? Because you know he would have signed contract somewhere else. I would have absolutely let him go somewhere else. I. It's tough. Who else? You know. Yeah, there would have been different. Uh, I would have absolutely let Rudy Gay sign somewhere else. Well, in Memphis situation, thankfully they have other people and they did really well without him. But I, I don't know. I I think there needs to be some sort of way to still get your franchise player. But maybe not at those ridiculous contracts, because Richard Lewis didn't he sign that contract in Seattle um Richard Lewis signed
0: uh, so Richard Lewis signed the contract in Seattle, that's correct, Seattle, okay, and at that point he was their star player, so no, no, that's not true. He did sign it in Orlando Orlando okay, because okay. okay. it was it was his free agent contract when he left Seattle and went to orlando okay. that that gave him that money.
1: All right, well, that makes sense. I don't know. It's really tough in this environment, especially during the season where two names, you know, were traded, Carmelo Anthony, Deron Williams, uh, for okay packages. But these these guys weren't planning to really stay there. There has to be some ability for these owners to – to be able to keep these guys a little bit longer. I, I'm not saying oh hey let, let's cut out free agency but they tried with the bird rights uh, you see people circum navigating this in the fact that hey I'll, I'll take seventeen million in Florida where I don't get as many or any taxes instead of taking you know eighteen twenty one million in in Cleveland and have it taxed so I I think there has to be some sort of – whether whether it be a franchise tag, whether it be some sort of amnesty clause if, if they do do a hard cap to get rid of some of these guys who are overpaid uh, to, to, to make it a little bit uh, more sensible for the owners. And, I, and, I'm not, and I'm not saying, oh my god, these, these owners uh, are in the wrong, but it's tough to say that, yeah, they're doing stupid stuff because they are. You know, signing an Amir Williams or uh, Travis Outlaw got a ridiculous contract this year, and he's nobody. But it, it it's tough because you're you're trying to get these players to, to stay. I don't. I...
0: Yeah, it's it's definitely a tricky situation. And I think if you really wanted to, you could trace it back to the NBA-ABA merger, where um, the the ABA before the merger was really trying hard to compete and get players to sign with their with their league instead of going into the NBA and as a result they had to pay guys way too much and then at a point a couple of years later the two leagues merge, and what you started seeing was you started seeing players that came in from the ABA making way more money than what their market value should have been and then you started to see NBA players who saw what their teammates were making and it just created a whole a whole contract fiasco that has been playing out in the NBA ever since and I you know I yeah. I think that there's things that that could be done. I think uh, I I think that much like what we saw in the proposed NBA collect, or NFL collective bargaining agreement, we have to look at uh, restricting the amount that teams can be under the cap as well as we can as well as we do restricting the amount that can be over the cap. Because if we do that, if we say that teams have to be within X amount of the cap, then there's not as much ability for players to go elsewhere. There's not as much ability for the uh, Big money to be you know thrown around the league the same way, because teams have to operate with closer within that cap, and at that point in time they're really relying on expiring contracts in order to make deals, and, and you know those can't always be had, and sometimes you have to give up more than what's necessary to get them. So um, I think that, uh, I think that that's, that's an option that we have going forth, but uh, you know, like I said, I think that the lockout NBA lockout it's going to be ugly over the next couple of months. Now um we just had the we just had the US Open wrap up as we did not mention in the weekly rewind prior to the uh or earlier in the show and young gentleman by the name of Rory McIlroy 22 years old sets a record at the US Open court course court uh sets a record at the US Open course he won, the, he, he won the match by eight strokes over the, over the next closest competitor, which is uh, you know, a, a, an impressive feat nonetheless, especially when you talk about a guy who came into the fourth round of the Masters with a significant lead just a few months back and just fell apart with an 80-shot final round and, and, and blew a lead. So impressive to see. Um, we're seeing the Tiger Woods comparisons thrown around. A little premature for that? What do you think,
1: Bob? Uh, Maybe a little bit premature, uh, especially since he did fall so badly at the Masters. Um, This guy took advantage of a course at the Congressional uh, where they kind of opened it up and and made it easier than a typical U.S. Open. Uh, You you heard about it all weekend, about how the fairways were a little bit wider, the, the the rough wasn't as tall, which made it easier to play. And in this instance, Rory, you know, played it really, really well. Um, so, yeah, there will be some comparisons to the Tiger. We've already heard it. Uh, but I, I think this is a fun time for, for golf in a fan's view because the past four, uh, I guess, championship uh, matches that they've done, it's been a completely different person each time who's come up and won, uh, and, and I heard this on the radio the other day. There, there's a uh, agent who actually uh, has all four of those guys under under the same agency, which, which could be kind of crazy because most of these guys, actually all of them, are are Europeans. Uh, it, it's it's almost like the U.S. needs this young gun, like a tiger, to come back, because this is the first time since I think 1908 that they were talking about how a uh, United States golfer had not won the past four majors, one of the past four majors.
0: Yeah, and and uh, we're we're certainly suffering a drought from the from the great superstars. Although Tiger is still around, uh, definitely not the Tiger of old. Gentlemen, I think that's going to about wrap it up for this week.
2: Yay! Hooray! Bob's
1: going to fall asleep if we don't run the outro too soon, or before too long. That was a long show. No, we got we distracted by the draft. and yes, that draft is awesome. I would approve the outro. That's what it's all about. Tomorrow is going to be a crazy day for every team in the NBA.
2: Well, this has been Sports on Point. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please send us your suggestions on how we can improve the show and your comments to feedback at SportsOnPoint.com. You can also call the show at 646-39-POINT. That's
0: 646-397-6468. Thanks for listening, everybody. Make appreciate you tuning in next week. We'll have a whole lot more good stuff. Maybe, maybe, maybe. We'll be talking about the new NFL collective bargaining agreement and when we can expect to see the
2: gridiron shaping up for next season. I just hope we're talking about my new iPad. You will. I won't care. (laughs) Peace.